0: Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, Work Life Fit Expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome. We haven't been on the air for two weeks. I took last week off to have a little family time, so welcome back. It is Wednesday, July the 19th, 2017, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Canada. Beautiful sunny night. The sun's beaming through my office window, and I'm just happy to be sharing this time with you. Before we get started, I just wanted to share a bit of sad news with all of our listeners tonight uh, within the change book community and other followers that we may have is that we lost one of our beautiful co-authors last weekend. And I just wanted to talk about her for a moment because she was just such a spectacular person. I had the pleasure of getting to know her. I didn't get to meet her. But we certainly had some great chats. I also interviewed her on the Change Book Radio show. And I just love everything that she represented. And I'm speaking about Mari Graham Best. And Mari passed away last Saturday, July the 15th. And I did not know that she was terminal with cancer, but she was sick and was just such. She was just such a delight. She was such a ray of light. Uh I love what she brought to the Change Book community. I loved her spirit. I loved connecting her with other co-authors. And I just want to, on behalf of the Change Book community, send out our dearest sympathy and condolences to her husband Harry, who was the love of her life and her best friend. And for those of you who were connected with her, um, I know that Harry has her Facebook page up and it gives us a place of solace to go and and give our kindness and our love. So Mari, we know that you're up in heaven and we've got another angel looking over us. So here's to you, girl. So this week I'm excited because I have a, a, an author from book 13 and we're, and we're now just about finishing 14. So this is a recent author and I love that I get the opportunity to interview new authors and authors that are back to book number one. So this this lady is so uber talented. I'm excited to interview her. And she is in book 13, and her name is Susan Sharp. And let me tell you a little bit about Susan. Her chapter in book 13 is called You're Already a Masterpiece. And Susan considers herself to be hyper-creative. And so when she gets the question posed, what do you do? She finds it difficult to answer sometimes. How relatable is that? She's a theater professor, a speaker, a creativity expert, a playwright, an artist, a musician, a podcast host, a blogger. She is also a color code certified independent trainer. And she is passionate about coaxing your creative or artistic spirit. And I'm, I'm, I'm just dying to tap into that with her. She wants to give you permission to find your creativity and to not second guess it. She's an idea person and she generates so many ideas that she can't get them on paper fast enough. She holds a bachelor's and master's degree both in communication and theater arts. And she also has an executive certificate in negotiations from Notre Dame. She loves learning and is constantly seeking out learning opportunities. Not, she wasn't intending to be a writer, but she does do a fair bit of it. And she's written five plays and says four of them don't even stink. She's also written short stories, articles, and numerous academic papers. And she lives in rural Illinois. So, Susan, have I got you on the line? I'm here, Deb. You are here. Don't you love technology? I always sit at my desk and I giggle when it doesn't work and I think, okay, there must be a reason.
1: Yes, it's a funny thing. Well,
0: I'm delighted to have you on the show and I just love reading your bio and I love hearing about your hyper-creativity. And I have to agree with you, girl. When people say, what do you do? I don't want to just be known for doing one thing. So I'm really excited to talk to, to the Susan that has evolved, but let's start with the basics. I I want to know how you landed up speaking with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz. And why did you decide to join our amazing phenomenal community?
1: Well, you know they're they're quite influential men in their own rights, and when they put out marketing materials, you you sit up and take notice. And of course, we're we're all connected through the National Speakers Association, and I think that's where I first heard about their their desire to sort of coax uh, new new art new authors. And so I nibbled at their offer, and I was. I was really excited once we were on the line talking and they shared their vision for what the book can do for others and, and us. And, and so it was a real easy decision to decide to take them up on their offer to be a part of it.
0: Well, and I'm glad that you did, and and I and I I resonate with who you are and and the branding that you put out, and I love your picture on your website of you looking up <laughs> holding holding the light bulb because really, I think there's a lot of innovation in the work that you do, and I love that you say you're hyper creative, and I decided myself last week that why do we have to succumb to titles? We go to school, we get BAs, we get master's degrees. I have many friends that have gone on to do their PhD and just, I have lots of friends that I I call them by their name and then an alphabet because there's so many letters after their name. But I decided last week that I no longer wanted to be anchored to a title or to a position or to an industry And I'm self-proclaiming now that I want to be authentically undefined. And when I read your chapter and I looked at everything that you're doing, I thought we are so much alike. We're just doing it in different forums. And as you would say, we're on different stages with different spotlights and a different offering. So how did you decide to take your level of communication and creativity and just branch out into all the different things that you're doing?
1: Well, I really appreciate that 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 resonated with you because I think we're i think we 're not a small group there's so many people out there that are saying there 's got to be more than this there 's got to be more than my nine to five or my hobbies or there 's got to be there 's got to be somewhere else that I fit and there 's got to be somewhere else some other way that I can view myself and and so just as you said, we, we tend to rely on degrees or accomplishments or titles or years of service really means nothing. We need to just give ourselves permission to be exactly who we were, we were designed to be. And so how many uh, people out there are sort of stuff or squelch that creativity that idea that somebody said along the way, well, that'll never make money. Nobody will ever buy that. No, there's not a need for that in the world. And how many times do we just let that dream die and it shrivels because somebody somewhere said that we can't. And then there's the proverbial they, right? They say, and and we are so, um, what do I want to say, um, uh, In. Influenced by those those negative voices, and it's I, I think of neg- negativity sort of like 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 gravity, right? It takes us to the lowest point real quick, and it's very hard to crawl back up if you buy into that. So I think how I started in my crazy creative life is simply because I couldn't avoid it. I am so curious, and I want to learn everything I can. And um, in my art in particular, I find, you know, at 32, I decided I wanted to be an artist. You know, and no training in art, not one art class. And I I wanted to buy a wedding picture, a wedding, uh, some art for some, some uh, friends who were getting married. And I went online and I looked at the prices of these art. I don't know why I thought I could do that. It's sort of arrogant if you think about it. But I just knew. I just knew within me what I could do. And so I consulted with my sister who's an artist, and she turned me on to some materials, and I experimented. And now I have two places online where I sell my art, and I, do, I am not boxed in by, by the art methods, the art materials that other people use. I find my own things, and it's a signature, you know, it's, it's truly my own art. And so I have resisted this idea that we need to be boxed into what other people say or what the world deems, right, as, as valid. I love what Austin Kleon says in his, uh, his uh, one of my favorite books of all time, he's a genius, it's called Steal Like an Artist, and he says validation is for parking. Right, we don't need other people to validate us. We need to validate ourselves. I love that. Very inspiring. So that's sort of how I got started and I just have not boxed myself in and then I started to um read about creativity and I I've, I've read about every book on creativity there is and I've done a lot of research on the creative mind and and here we are. So you can tell I'm passionate, right? I could just I could talk for 45 minutes unscripted.
0: Well, I think we're a lot alike, and I'm listening to you, and I'm making some notes, and I'm I'm smiling ear to ear. Now, I, I want to go back to a point that you made because you, you talk about, hey, I could do that. You already had a belief and a desire that you decide to marry to paint that beautiful painting for your friend's wedding. I would not consider yes. that arrogant. So what I want to talk to you about is, Let's teach people and talk. let's have a conversation about what is arrogant versus what is ego versus what is narcissistic to an affirmation of I am. And I think what you just described to me was your affirmation was, hey, I've never had an art class. I don't know what medium. I don't know what paint. I, you know, I don't know what brushes, but my sister's a great resource. You did the hardest step in in all of that. You started. And you didn't get boxed in or threw up barriers for quantity, quality. You just allowed yourself on a cognitive level to let the creative juices flow. You made no room for fear. You had nothing but emotion of joy and happiness. And this is going to be really, really fun. And to me I just think you couldn't be more creative, more open-minded, and then you threw in a little bit of tenacity and now you're selling your stuff on Etsy like wow.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I've never thought about it that way. It's it's almost like I couldn't I couldn't help but do that. But I suppose that there are things in my own life that I have hesitated to to step out and do. And so I can can relate to that. In this regard, I feel like it's just how I'm wired. It's just how God created me. I just feel like I am so curious. It's almost like that wins over the fear at times.
0: And I was just going to say that. If Jim Britt was on this call, he'd be saying, Susan, you made a painting, and... You let everything else go. And before you even started and picked up the brush, you gave fear no fuel to even be present. Yeah, That's, that, that's yeah. very powerful. And what you've done with painting, it's funny because I don't consider myself to be artistic either. And I would love to try and paint. And I ran into a friend of mine from high school last night. Like we've known each other for 37 years. And she said, come to one of my paint classes. And I said, Sylvie, I'm a terrible painter. And she said, not if I teach you. And I said, well, I know how great of a teacher you are. So, again, I just have to put that belief away. And I find what you're doing with painting, because I'm in the middle of getting my yoga teacher certification right now. When Mm. you have a calm mind and you approach anything I think it's just like athletics because I'm a fitness nut too. I think you allow yourself the openness of what I call cognitive agility to be applied to wherever you want to go with or without intent or knowledge or belief. Like you're just going to try it. And if you fail, then that's okay. You buy another canvas, you do another painting. If I don't get my downward dog perfect and my pinky's out 10 degrees, I'm not going to get kicked out of the class. So, do you see how there's such a there's such a shift in the paradigm, but it's a, it's a good aligned example. And I think it's a, I think it's a, a learned and honed mindset, mindset. So when you're speaking or training, how do you instruct whether you're doing one-on-one or, one or you're doing businesses? How do you as you hear all the difficulties presented, how do you get them to have that shift or or paradigm Shift, if you will, in their mindset to talk about what you're doing so greatly in your own personal life.
1: That's that's a beautiful question, and um, you know, linking on to what you were saying about about fitness and and yoga, I think the creativity in us is is a muscle, and I think there's muscle memory there, and I think we go back to the things that have worked, and we go back to the to the ways in which we had success. And so when I'm speaking or training and I'm trying to get people to, to let down those walls and, and maybe accept uh, that they have a creative spirit, it's just like I always say everybody can sing, just not everybody sings well. But we can't negate that we can all sing. Unless your vocal cords are cut, you can sing. So we sort of have to approach creativity and uh, uh, vision and innovation we sort of have to to accept that about us deny that it's in us maybe you've maybe you've silenced it really well for a lot of years and maybe you've pushed it down and you've you've grouped yourself into another safer category because maybe the art world is scary for you sort of like the athletic world is a little scary for me right it's not my it's not my first gift uh but i walk every day and i try to do things and i i've Gone and, and, and done things that were not in my comfort zone. Learned from it. Might not have kept all of those ideas. And we sort of have to be open to 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 building that memory muscle with our innovation, our creativity, stepping outside the box. And so, you know, I do a lot of different exercises to get that to get that creative juice flowing, if you will. And and so, if you think about it, uh, take. Take five, I'm going to do these off the top of my head. Let's take five objects. I call it the 5-5 challenge. And and so you take five objects, and I'm just going to pick them off the top of my head. Um, A couple blocks of two-by-fours, just little pieces of wood, um, a ball of yarn. Let's say it's brown. Uh, Some sort of adhesive, uh, a stack of newspapers, and some really stiff wire. And, and then you just get people to sit there and look at those and say, you need to make an art project out of that that could be entered into an art contest. Well, what, what comes to you? And, of course, instantly people say, well, there's nothing colorful here. There's nothing interesting here. It's wood, wire, what did I say, yarn, glue, and newspaper. There, there's yeah. nothing colorful there. Brown yarn at that.
0: And, I know what, I know um, what I'd make, too. Do you? I do. I'd make a sailboat.
1: Well there you go. See and you, you 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 saw something. And you saw something but you have to see something. You can't make something unless you see it, right? Yeah, exactly. So you have to sit there and you have to look at those materials and you have to sort of say, Well what are the, what are they saying to me? What are they speaking to me? Uh, experienced crafters know that sometimes your wire or your whatever material you're working with wants to go a certain way and then you really have to fight it to do to do otherwise. I say just go where the material sort of leads you. Let them their form, their shape, their limitations, let it all speak to you. What can you come up with? That's a, I, I remember going to an art show in grad school and this woman had made a dress it was her art installation. She made a dress entirely out of little tiny Heinz ketchup packets that were all linked together. Her mother worked at Heinz, and she had all these, she had like a thousand Heinz ketchup packets, and they, she made this beautiful dress out of it. And you didn't know it was Heinz ketchup packets till you were right up on it. Who would have thought to, to make art out of that? But it's possible if you can just see it, if you can just have a vision you will then get the end product. So you saw a sailboat. That's awesome. I saw trees. Maybe it was the brown. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I th- I was thinking of the wood, and then you added in the yarn, and then the adhesive, and then newspaper and wire. And and I'm a boater, so my brain went right there. Well, there you there. go.
1: <laughs> there you go. So well, so art is you know resonating with something that you're already doing. It's it's if you look at any artist, their subject matter is. It's very interesting, but it always lines up with what their life is. You pick up any play by any playwright. Well, there's some part of them in that play. So why would our art be any different? Why would our uh, creative endeavors be any different? It's going to line up with how we're already wired.
0: Well, and I also see communication as an art. I I firmly believe and truly observe every day People have great technical skills, but they could, they're they trainable. What is hard to find, and I speak to many of my, my corporate clients, is the well-honed, let's call them artistic soft skills. The ability to walk in a room and just communicate and chat not knowing anyone. The ability to hone your listening to really process to understand and feel what that person's conveying to you, not to respond, just to really be present in the moment and listen. And I, when I was looking at your website today, which I really like, and I love the picture on your homepage. I just, I think it's just got such great energy and I can tell that you're fun and you like humor. And I just, it really encompassed who you are. And we don't really know each other, but I have a good impression of your brand, if you will. But I well, love, thanks to that. Well, I just, you know, we're in the same community together. So uh, Jim and Jim are picking, like you said, a small army. There's many of us. There's over 265 of us now. And wow. every week when I do this show, I'm just I'm so honored because we all have so much in common of who we are, what we extend, what we put out. And there's just such an alliance that it's it's mind-boggling. But I wanted to compliment you because you have this great PDF on your website called the Why Worksheet. And I know that this probably was a piece of paper on your kitchen table on a Friday night when you were trying to get everything out on paper because you sound very innovative. Where did this where did this come from is my first question. It's a two part question. Where did it start and how long did it take you to evolve to this? finished product because I I really, really love it.
1: Well, thank you for that. I spent a lot of time working on that document and it's essentially a Venn diagram with um, the four intersecting circles. That's what you're talking about, right?
0: Yes, that's the document.
1: Okay, very good. And so I, I started to think about how we separate hobbies from vocation and why so many people, I mean, so many people are walking around in life saying, I hate my day job. I just feel so unfulfilled. I, I and But when you ask them, well, what do you really want to be doing? I don't know. I just want to be doing something other than this life. They're very unsatisfied. And so I started to really think hard about all of the different things we do and I know a lot of people in the art and craft world who just would love to make their living as, as an artist. And, but they keep saying, oh, I don't have the following. I don't know how to build an email list. I don't know. how." So they, they just they let it die. And, uh, and even if they're clear about what they want to do, maybe it's not really focused. They, generally, they think, oh, I want, I want a, a life in the arts. Well, what, what's, really your, what's really your calling? And so this Venn diagram puts together four different things, your skills and gifts and talents, what brings you joy, how can it serve others, and then what motivates you. And the motivation part of that is the, my color code training. And color code is the, the theory of Dr. Taylor Hartman that we're each, you know, fall into one of four colors, red, yellow, white or, or blue, and that just is a large group of characteristics uh, that, that pe- each person will fall under, and it really talks about how, what motivates you. Yellows are motivated by fun, and whites are motivated by, you know, peace. Blues are motivated by interpersonal relationships, and reds are motivated by power. And so when you think about what motivates you, Along with the other, what brings you joy, where are your skills and your gifts, and how can you serve others, the intersection of all of those is your, is your purpose. And it did. It took me about three months to really, I kept going back and forth on, on, on it. Should it be a five-circle Venn diagram, whatever. And, I, and I, so I, I would so appreciate that you recognize that it's valuable because I think if you can go through this, this sheet, which is available on my site, uh, sharpdifference.com under the freebie tab. You can download it and sort of I'm, – I'm working on a fill-in-the-blank version so that people can sort of play around with the diagram and, and maybe fill it in. And um, so that will be coming in the next month or so. But if you can sort of find the, the intersection of those, I think that's where people are going to find the most meaning. If it's only about us and it doesn't serve anybody, if we're not helping anybody – then it's sort of a one-sided, you know, uh, self-serving life. And I think for a lot of people that aren't really serving anybody, they feel this void. They, I think we're wired to be compassionate and to help other people. And when we're not actively doing that, I feel like there's maybe something missing. And so I hope that people will go and, and get that worksheet. And, and if nothing else, you know, I, I feel like it can be used for other, other authors in the, in the change series to, to use with their clients and their, their folks. Just give me credit and we're good. But um, it's just really a great tool, I think. So thank you for, for acknowledging that. Oh, it is. And I,
0: I fully agree with you. I think people struggle with their why. And I think as entrepreneurs and creative people in general, I always want my why to be evolving, which is why I chose last week to, you know, much like you, I have the radio show. I do speaking, I do coaching. I'm still doing writing. Um, why do I have to be put in a box, which would never work for me, Sue, because I'm always the round peg in the square hole,
1: Um, (laughs) much
0: like you. Like it just, A, I wouldn't fit in there and you'd stifle my creativity, my innovation, which I think truly is what you're totally exuding during this interview tonight. But more importantly, I love what you talked about with all the different colors. And I know that that is part of your skill set. So what color are you and did you determine that once you did your certification of this course and, and was it surprising to you?
1: Uh, that's a, that's a good question. I, um I think the, I was very taken with the book when I first read it, it's called, it's been retitled the people code. Uh, but the training is still called color code, and the people code is really tries to get you to look at your life from your earliest memories, juxtaposed to something like Myers-Briggs, or um, oh, there's so many other personality inventories out there. But like with Myers-Briggs, since that's so well known, I'll make a correlation here. In Myers-Briggs, your your four letter combination, I'm an INFj uh, that can change over time because it measures where you're at right now. But the color code tries to measure or not measure so much, but um, indicate how you were how you were wired as a small as a, how you were born, how you sort of came out of the womb, your natural inclinations, your your natural gifts. And it tries to get you, it asks you a series of questions from the standpoint of what is your earliest memory of how you interacted with others, how you dealt with conflict, how you dealt with, with change. And so I, my four-letter my four combination, I'm a little bit of all, and some people might be predominantly one color and um, none of some of the colors. Uh, I know people that only have two colors on their, their color code. So it's very personalized. It's very unique. I happen to be a little bit of all, but I'm primarily a blue. And blues are motivated by interpersonal relationships. We we want and crave interpersonal communication, but we're sort of, we don't have 100 friends, close friends, I should say. We have, you know, 20 really good friends. We don't, we don't, we're, we don't, are not really interested in being, you know, the life of the party, we, we want to really have meaningful interaction. And so blues are, tend to be sensitive. Uh, Dr. Taylor Hartman says that if you want a good friend, a blue is the way to go. A blue will be a, a really good friend. We're very loyal. And so the, those sort of characteristics are identified for each of the four colors. And when you can figure out what motivates you, so I know I'm motivated by really Good interpersonal relationships. And when I have them, boy, my life feels so satisfied. When I lack them, or when things aren't quite right with them, I I feel like my whole world is a little bit off. So when you can find what motivates you, and you can plug that into what you're doing in life, then then you know you've you've sort of found the golden ticket. I know as a blue boy, I have to have time to decompress. I need my, a, a a fair amount of Actually, a heavy amount of alone time. I uh, I, ju- I need to recharge. People people sort of exhaust me, and I love people, but I, in small doses, in, in small spurts, and then I need to retreat and sort of refuel. So I'm truly an introvert with a lot of extroverted qualities. Alone, I would probably be more of an introvert than I actually am. But um, a well-developed extrovert, because obviously I chose a career in theater at some point along the way. Talk about terms—you uh, know—contradiction in terms there. But this really shows me that we we have lots of facets to our personality, and so if if you if you squelch one of those, it's going to come out somewhere in dissatisfaction because you have sort of denied that part of you, and so that's a little bit about color code and my color, but everyone's going to have a different color combination. And when I do color code training, what I'm really attempting to do with the, depending on, it could be a Fortune 500 company, it could be a a church, a leadership team, somebody that wants that kind of training is really trying to tap into the best in each of their people and to try and find a way to, to use all of, the, all of the gifts of those people in the right places. So if you've got a red in a very subservient role, boy, it's not going to be long before that red quits or gets reassigned because there's friction. Reds like to be in control, and when they need to be following, they don't quite fit there. So, so that's what color code is about, and that's one of the, the circles in the Venn diagram. Well,
0: I you're being interviewed by your twin because I'm also a blue and I'm also an INFJ, so
1: go figure. Oh failure. my goodness. Isn't that something? And INFJs, of course, are the most rare. We're only like 1% of the population.
0: I was just going to say to you, I think we're less than 1%. <laughs> so it's interesting to me because I, just to give you some insight, um, we've probably had much different upbringings and schooling I didn't get to finish university and because my dad passed away and I started off I was going to be an occupational therapist and then he passed away and life handed me a different bowl of lemons to make lemonade so I went back to school part-time but I had a fairly fairly decent knowledge of IT and was really comfortable in the DOS platform and played around with it enough that I was way ahead of many others of my age. So I landed up getting a job teaching at our local college, uh, went back to university and thought I really love neuroscience, landed up getting my disability management certificate because it wasn't an undergrad program at that time. And I landed up working with the population that I wanted to as an occupational therapist, but I was a disability case manager. So here's the oxymoron that just makes me laugh my head off. So here I was, Sue, managing occupational therapists, speech language pathologists, physical therapists, rehab therapists. I was managing the people that had master's level degrees and I thought it was funny And what I realized was that my ability or my executive functioning to plan and organize and be able to do things quickly and pull in that whole blue color level of communication and that INFJ style, I did it and I made it look effortlessly to people. And I'd have 15 people sitting in a hospital meeting and... Sometimes I'd be talking and it's almost like when you're talking, but you're listening to yourself going, where is this coming from? Like I, I, I just felt so studious amongst all these, you know, academic medical people. And I still look back and laugh because I, I stopped doing that in 2013 because much like you described I was burnt out from the logistics of the industry that I worked in, and that I was going to court and I just was missing my direct patient care. So, as an INFJ, you look within those circles of that beautiful diagram you did. (laughs) And now I volunteer at hospice. So, I've taken all those transferable skills that I miss in the direct patient care, and I do it within the capacity that feeds my. INFJ cognitive emotional piece, and I do it with ease, and I I just I leave there every other weekend, and I know I'm in the right place at the right time, and I know that my skills are so appreciated by the families, and I make no money, and it it it's it's like that it's like that hidden gem I call it innate empathy and relatability when you have that for people and families and it just, it comes at the right time so it's just we have so much synonymously in common, it's just almost giving me goosebumps
1: yeah, that's really, that's really unique and so the the, the vision that you had for yourself was fulfilled despite despite bucking all of the system, despite the college degree despite, and and that's what I love, it's like we end up where we're supposed to be you had that it, vision of yourself, and yeah. it, it came to fruition.
0: It's like and you were I, painting,
1: right? Yep, yep. I mean, I remember as a child, we we lived out in the country. There was no, we were five miles from anything, and my mom would say, "Well, you're going to have to make your own fun." So I I remember. Well, this is what I have. What can I? What can I? What can I be artistic with? And I remember. You know, I love home improvement. I own a chop saw and I'm not afraid to use it. And I remember as a kid build, trying to build a fort. And it was just innate in me. It was just innate. It was there, and you can either squelch it, ignore it, whatever, but it comes bubbling back to the surface. And it is really uncanny the amount of things that we have in common, not having ever met. That's pretty, pretty remarkable.
0: It's it's this it's this community. It's every week. I you know I have read. I have all the books except thirteen. I've got to get book thirteen. But I have one to twelve. I have read them all, and it is like a global library of greatness, tapped in knowledge, uh, emotion that's so raw. Uh, Some people's writings of their chapter take you to a place that you've never experienced or thought of and then to see them come back from the depths of that to a new level of greatness or just back to life uh, it's it, there's just so many emotions that come to the surface for me with this community which is why I really wanted to do this show and get to talk to everybody and it's just it's fun like every week I'm somewhere else like I'm in Illinois tonight with you <laughs>
1: Well, we're, we're so appreciative that you do the show, and I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. The amount of inspiration, it's, it's, it's like an inspiration sandwich, right? We've got great people on the outside and, and all of these wonderful, inspiring ideas on the inside, and, and we get to nibble on that. And uh, yeah, it opens up, really, I think what the book does and should do is it starts conversations. And it connects two people that are so similar across the miles uh, with with common passions, and and it edifies us so that we can go out and share more of ourselves with others.
0: Well, and you probably don't know that there's two other female authors in Illinois in the Change Book series. Have you connected, or do you even know who I'm referring to?
1: No, I do not.
0: Well, this is part of what I do. I Jim Jim Lutz is now calling me the change book concierge. So, so let me give you some information. So, Christine with a C, Suva S U V A. She lives in and around, I believe, a suburb of Chicago, and she's lovely. And we've chatted many times, and we haven't chatted in a bit because I know her her mom was having some health. Um, difficulties, but where I am in Canada is I'm two hours from the Detroit border, so we are not a far drive from each other. So okay. I would love I will connect you after the show's done with uh, Christine Suva. Eden Adele is just another incredible, incredible woman, just uh, she is a passionate relationship specialist and she's in Chicago. and again, We've talked about having a girls weekend. And then we have Sally K. Miller, who is in Michigan. She goes south uh, for the winter, but she's back right now. So I'm thinking I might have to grab a few of my Ontario Canadian change book authors. And we we might have to meet in the middle, I'm thinking, because the group's getting bigger and bigger. And it's just exciting me like beyond measure.
1: That's awesome to know that they're that they're that they're here in Illinois and and Michigan and you're not far. That's that's awesome.
0: So we might have to have a change book series girls weekend, which would just be creativity and innovation innovation explosion. I think. I how exciting. So I will connect you and I think we're going to have to plan something now because uh, (laughs) I have to meet you now. It's just, it's imperative.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the best compliment you could give me.
0: Well, so as a fellow podcaster, because that's what our show is, tell us about your podcast and why you launched it and who you interview and what How does it feed your soul and what do you love about doing it and and tell us about some of your guests
1: and and how often very good well uh, we uh, my my uh I have a social media manager who's my nephew and he is building his resume learning more about the world of social media and he suggested that we do something to sort of tell people what I'm doing. He 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 says that I'm sort of like a, a great unknown. And so he came up with the name Create Yourself based on the things that I do because I'm so passionate about telling people that that they need to they need to declare what they are. They need to not let the world declare what they are, but they need to create themselves. And so it's the Create Yourself podcast and it's on SoundCloud. And we launched in late February, and I think we've done eight or nine podcasts now. We're sort of getting into our rhythm. We were going maybe a little too short, and then we were a little too long. And, and so I'm getting my stride there. And I love the, the show because I love talking to people, and I love being inspired by people. And boy, if you can do that on a global audience, how cool is that? And so I know that you know how that feels uh, because I'm sure it drives what you do as well. And it's just a really neat thing to get comments from all over the world and and to get people giving you uh, suggestions. But we are very small and we have a very small following, so I hope that changes. Um, But the idea with the podcast is that... I will really want innovative, creative things. I've, I've interviewed life coaches. I've interviewed both Cassandra Carmine and Jennifer uh, gerard Bealsmith from the Change Series. And um, I'd love to have you on my podcast at some point and to have people talking about what they do so that we can inspire each other to think outside the box, to create yourself, to not let the world create you, not let the world tell you what you are, but for, for us to create ourselves. And so the, the blog or the, the podcast is very broad right now, and I'm trying to find my why and my focus and get a little, get a little more streamlined. But I envision anything from people talking about their art and their, and their craft projects to, to life coaches like I've had. And, and uh, one of my favorite uh, guests to date has been Kenny Weiss out of uh, Arizona, who really, really made me think? I think he was episode five or six, and he—he's just, a, I've got a great voice about overcoming addiction and and deciding what what your your path should be, even though the the world is telling you otherwise. So he's got a great story, and and uh, I know you had Cassandra Carmine on, and uh, again, what a powerful story and. And so I I want guests who are doing creative, innovative things or who have a story that can really encourage people not to be boxed in.
0: Well, I love that. And I, I loved interviewing her and she was excited because I actually knew where she lived in New Jersey and I had been there and I, I'm like you, I, When I envisioned in my mind how I wanted this show to be, I pitched it to Jim and Jim, and they were like, just go do it. Just go be Mm Dev Crow and do what you do. And I have so much fun every week, and some of the co-authors are so nervous, and I say to them, it's going to be like we're having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, whatever fits in your repertoire that day. And we're just going to have a beautiful intellectual stimulating conversation. And I just want to bring out the best in you and talk about your branding and everybody's so relaxed at the end. We're almost kind of bummed when it's over. Cause it goes so fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But absolutely. We, we're already united in this community. So we already have, I'm going to call them core beliefs and we have an attraction and, Every week, like I've said to you, I constantly meet and I am in awe of the people that I share this series with. And to be in 26 countries and to know people in 26 countries that I can pick up the phone or send an email, to me, that's a rich life. And to be surrounded and just embraced by the talent that we have. And everybody willing to help everybody with with nothing in return. That is a innovative, unique group of people to me, and I just feel honored to be in the hub of it. Um, Meaning that from a place of, of the radio show, because I am booked till the end of November for the radio show.
1: That's awesome. And and you know, I, I don't know about you, but I had people say to me, well, well, um, is there a fee to be on your show? No, I should be paying you <laughs> there's so <no> many <fee. laughs> I, I I want to I want to to help people get their 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 word out what they 're doing. I think there's so many people doing amazing things, as my nephew said you're you're the great unknown. nobody knows how many different diverse things you do um, and so so yeah it it's really thrilling, and the podcast has been. You know i we've had technology issues like we had earlier and and you smile and you go, "Well, I guess it wasn't meant to be today, but that's the good thing about podcasting you can You can reschedule when you're live you're I applaud you the live aspect is a little trickier but but regardless, it's a great opportunity to not only dialogue. But to build each other up, it gets the word out about what other people are doing. And and I said in uh, our Facebook group for the change book that uh, we talked about a directory. And, and I think it was you that you know, said, well, here here you go. Here's a directory. And I would hope that the change authors would look in that directory first. Is there a graphic designer in our midst and you need graphic design help? Is there somebody who's really good with webinars? Is there somebody who has... Uh, had experience with the email marketing, there's infinite ways in which we can build each other up. And I would love to see even more of that.
0: And it's and it's fully existing in this community. And I agree with you. And I've done nothing different than anyone else. All I did was reach out and connect with everybody. And... I'm in Canada. I'm not doing as much traveling as I have over the past 25 years. Um, At 51, I preach and coach about work-life balance, and I authentically live it. And I think to be authentic uh, as oneself, when I'm teaching work-life balance, I say to people, you need to learn how to be selfish before you can be selfless. Because mm-hmm. I I cannot help you if my cup's half full. And because I'm similar to you, Sue, when you said to me, I need time to recharge, nobody understands that more than me. because yeah. th- Because we're blues and we're INFJs, we <laughs> give 150% full out, like, we're here, what do you need? And when we're done, it's like stepping off a stage from a rock concert and, like, our adrenaline is off the charts and we need to just plug in and recharge ourselves and not yeah. have any, anything from the outside pulling or needing or wanting anything from us. So I get that. And I think that's just creative minds. Like, you know, and I, and I sense that from you, like if somebody wants something, like you're going to get that 150%. So mm-hmm. I'm very mindful about who I work for, who I choose to work with. And it's really nice to be at that stage of my life. And I'm only doing five speaking gigs a year now. Because wow, good that, for you. That's where I'm at because that's where yeah. I want to be. And if I do more than that, then it just stresses me out. And then I'm completely off balance. And then I'm not being my authentic self. And then I'm just not happy. So it's, it's, right. it's like we talked about when you go through those repetitive cycles of behavior, it's kind of like you recognize quickly and you think I'm not going back down that road. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure, you know, same with friends. I'm like you, I could count my good friends on one hand and we're all similar personality and mindset. We may not yes. talk, every day but we always pick up from where we left off yes and and they just know like I'm just super busy and my family's important and everything has a place in my life but my value for their friendship is second to none and I'm one of those true friends like whenever you need yes. something it's like I'm there no problem you can call me at 3 o'clock yes. in the morning and say you know what again that's that INFJ piece and right. I'm happy I've met another INFJ because I've been manifesting <laughs> for another INFJ. So here you are,
1: Sue Sharp. There you go. There you go. Well, you, you know, you said something about about needing to recharge and I think sometimes um, people don't, people are threatened by the fact that we do so much and we are multi-talented. I think that, that's somewhat threatening to people, and so I think there are people that want to sort of drive that down or minimize that, and and then I have to think about that great quote by Einstein who said, uh, great spirits have always encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds, you know, that, that idea that mediocrity is disrupted when people who are really multi-talented and movers and shakers, That. That threatens people, and sometimes we have to learn how to negotiate that, and, and sometimes that means walking away and, and, and choosing not to be a part of things because they suck our energy. And I, uh, blues and INFJs we, we can't deal with that. We uh we, we need our we need a lot of uh, a lot of alone time and a lot of uh, balance in our lives, or where we feel all all off.
0: So Sue, you're you're just moving the date up for us to meet closer and closer. Like I feel like I'm talking to myself, and this has been like the best inter- best interview ever tonight. I'm just I'm listening to you going. I just want to jump through the microphone and just have her come over like right now.
1: I'll I'll jump in the car.
0: And and you know, but you know what's sad, and I'm really glad you said this because we have a couple minutes left it saddens me when people are threatened by our talent and our talent was not innate. We didn't acquire it by osmosis. And what I've learned and what my maturity has allowed me to accept is that it is not you. It is not me. It is that person and their lack of confidence and I'm doing a gratitude project this summer. Um, I was sent a case of five-minute journals. And I've given them to people when they least expect it. And what I've learned is part of my, the joy in, in your diagram is I love to get people in their weak moments to show them that there's always that light at the end of the tunnel. Even if it's super, super dim and it looks like the top of a pin, it's there. And I've given gratitude journals to women on the street that have been walking that have looked so sad. And when they, when they realize I'm gifting it to them, I, like the tears stream down their face. And it's just really shifted my summer because there's a lot of sad people out there. And I thought, this is, this is my purpose this summer. So it's just funny that the company said, go around, have fun with it, find us some new gratitude leaders. And I've been very mindful who I've chosen and it's just been a really fun experience. But again, it's another part of my joy and I, and I get nothing from it and it's like hospice.
1: Let me help that someone. Really, yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's, I'm in. It,
1: that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I, I love that. It's really inspiring. I got goosebumps just thinking about how you, in that one little maybe three minute interaction you have, you have really probably totally turned somebody's week upside down. That thought well, yesterday they were
0: invisible. bit more of them and the one girl cried so hard and told me it was the 20 year anniversary that she should have died and a paramedic saved her. She had a cardiac arrest in a gym. And she's wow. like, I can't believe you're giving this to me. And she just gave me a big hug. And then she's like, will you be my Facebook friend? Because you're just inspiring. And I think you're going to be like my daily dose of Deb, like my vitamin. And I'm like, absolutely.
1: So, Isn't that well, so a
0: like, it, it is. I just want to sit here all night and like turn our show into like a two-hour mini series. So now, now we're picking a date to get together.
1: Okay, deal. Consider it done.
0: So I'm, you know, we are not that far away. And I just, you know what, thank you for inspiring me. And thank you for aligning and and being personal and and sharing that you're a blue and sharing that you're an INFJ. Because not everybody is open to doing that. And I love that you're hyper creative. And I'm going to add uber talented to that. Mm -hmm. And I just really want us to meet and just keep doing what you're doing. I would love to be interviewed by you and let's keep in touch and you just keep shining your light and spreading your goodness, because I think INFJs are successful, but I think we like to be quiet leaders.
1: Yes. Yes. It which, which is not really called to do. We, we, when you're given, you know, to whom much is given much is required. And we, we are called to sort of be more vocal and more visible than we're comfortable being. And, um, and And that's a good reminder, so I appreciate that. And likewise, you are extremely talented, and it's it's been a pleasure. So thank you for for the invite.
0: Well, it's been an honor to spend the last hour with you and look to your emails because I'm going to introduce you to Christine and to Eden and to Sally. And uh, we're gonna make a pack right now that we're going to meet this year for sure before the year's out. Deal. All right. Well, thanks, Sue, and enjoy the rest of your summer in rural Illinois. And uh, let's leave it at until next time. Thank you. Thanks, Sue. Just another fun hour with an amazing, creative, innovative co-author, Sue Sharp from Book 13. Her chapter is called You're Already a Masterpiece. I just had such an enjoyable conversation with her. I didn't even get to cite the part of her chapter that inspired me, but reach out to her website. Her website is www.asharpdifference.com. And it's just been a pleasure being with you tonight. And I ask you again as I close out to think of Mari Graham Best, who we lost on July the 15th. And just be really kind to one another. Life is short. Don't stumble when you want to do what you want to do in life. It's not—it's not a dress rehearsal. So don't be afraid, as Jim Britt says, let it go. Have no time for fear, and just really do what you're passionate to do. And Sue, you've just completely made my night. Such an honor. Take care and I'll be back next week. This is Deb Crow with the Change Book Radio show. Bye for now.